Namaste hello and welcome you're listening to stories of india retold and i am your storyteller nivi with stories from india a note before we start today's story consists sensitive topics like fertility and the practice of ancient practice called niyoga it is suitable for older listeners and parental guidance is advised in the sambhava parva of mahabharata King Janamejaya asks Vaishampayana to tell the story of his ancestors. Sauti Vaishampayana narrates the story of the birth and lives of the kings, queens, princes and princesses of the Kuru lineage. Today's story is from the Sambhava Parva and it features the author of the Mahabharata, Vyasa Krishnadvaipayana. And it starts with the sons of King Shantanu and Satyavati. They had two sons, Chitrangada and Vichitravirya Chitrangada ascended the throne after Shantanu's death like his father Chitrangada was a good ruler and was known for his prowess in the battlefield he waged fought and won many wars the king of the gandharvas who was also named Chitrangada attacked the kuru kingdom and they fought a 3 year long battle on the banks of the river hiranyavati which was situated in the city of kurukshetra At the end of the battle the two kings had a duel in which the kuru king chitrangada was killed a very young vichitravirya inherited the kuru kingdom after the death of his brother and ruled the kingdom with the help of his half brother bhishma when vichitravirya was of age bhishma decided it was time for his brother to marry with satyavati's blessings he set himself the task of procuring a bride for the young and very handsome vichitravirya bhishma decided on not one but three beautiful young princesses as brides for vichitravirya news of the king of kashi holding a swayamvara for the marriage of three of his daughters reached bhishma and he decided that they were the perfect match for his brother and satyavati agreed On his own Bhishma went to the city of Varanasi on a chariot kings from far and wide were present for the swayamvara swayam means self and vara means groom in sanskrit and it is an ancient indian practice where the woman chooses her groom from a group of eligible suitors made available to her by her family Bhishma however rather than try and win the princesses decided to forcefully abduct them he challenged everyone in the venue to try and stop him before dragging the princesses to his chariot and quickly driving off with them the king of kashi along with the other kings present was outraged by bishma's disrespectful behavior as soon as they could all the kings got ready and went off in pursuit of bhishma with the intention of rescuing the princesses bhishma managed to deflect all their attacks and defeated them all of all the kings the king shalwa seemed to be the angriest and he waged the most aggressive attack on bhishma a fierce duel ensued unfortunately for king shalwa Not only was Bhishma an accomplished warrior he also had better more developed weapons Bhishma used an advanced weapon named Varuna to attack the four horses pulling Shalva's chariot 
With his next arrow, Bhishma attacked and killed Shalva's charioteer. Thus, Bhishma defeated Shalva but spared his life. And moreover, all of this happened in the presence of a crowd where other kings were also present. Shalva was forced to accept his humiliating defeat. Devastated, he returned to his city, as did the other kings. Bhishma took the princesses and returned to the capital city of Hastinapur. After consulting with Satyavati and other members of the court, a wedding between the princesses and Vichitravirya was decided upon. When the preparations were underway, the eldest of the three princesses, Amba, revealed to Bhishma that even before the Swayamvara, she and the king of Saubha had chosen each other. They had even received her father's blessings for the marriage and had planned to marry during the Swayamvara. She reasoned with Bhishma that given the situation, it would go against dharma for her to marry someone else and so she urged him to let her go. Turns out, King Shalva, whom Bhishma had soundly defeated earlier, was none other than the king of Saubha, whom Amba was in love with. That is why King Shalva had fought Bhishma so fiercely. Amba's story is important because later on in the story, we get to see that Bhishma will pay dearly as the consequence of his decisions regarding Amba. Back to the story. After consultation with other members of the court, Bhishma decided it was best to let Amba go and she was finally allowed to return to her father. Shortly after which, the two sisters Ambika and Ambalika were married to Vichitravirya. The princesses gradually adjusted to their life as Vichitravirya's wife. He was well-loved and admired. He was also very young and handsome and the princesses lived with him happily. That is, until another tragedy struck the Kuru kingdom. Vichitravirya got sick with consumption and the young king's life was snuffed off rather suddenly. This was a devastating blow to the Kuru kingdom because not only was he the king, he was also the last heir of the Kuru kingdom. The situation was dire indeed. Satyavati called Bhishma to discuss this important matter. She told him that for the sake of the kingdom, he must assume the throne and he must marry and produce sons so that the line is continued. She also tells him that since the wives of Vichitravirya did not produce any children, he should have children with them. Bhishma refused. Even though what you're saying is in keeping with dharma, I cannot do it because of my vow, he told Satyavati. Personally, keeping up my promises is most important to me and so I cannot do what you ask of me. Still, Satyavati told him that even though she understood how important it is for him to keep up his promises, she wanted him to reconsider. Our circumstances are too dire. Can you think of something to do that is well within the confines of dharma but would solve our problems? Actually, I do know of something that can work, Bhishma revealed. Bhishma then narrated the story of Parashurama. When Jamadagni, Parashurama's father, was killed by Kartavirya Arjuna, who was the king of Haihayas, Parashurama took revenge by killing him. Not only that, fueled by his rage against the corrupt Kshatriyas, he went on a killing spree and killed all the Kshatriyas. 
Due to this, many lines of the warrior class faced extinction, putting the future of the ruling class in danger. During this time, the widowed wives of the Kshatriyas went to Brahmanas and asked them to father their sons, and the sons born to them continued the line. This is how the warrior class, which was at the brink of extinction, was revived. Bhishma also told Satyavati another story. He told her about a king named Bali, who could not have children. King Bali then asked a blind rishi by the name Drigatama to father sons with his wife and queen Sudeshna. We can save our dynasty by asking an eligible brahmana to father the sons we need, Bhishma said. Satyavati carefully considered Bhishma's words. Satyavati had a secret of her own and even though it was hard for her to do so, given the situation and the fact that she trusted her stepson Bhishma, she shared the secret with him. Before I met your father, when I was very young, I met a rishi named Parashara. We had an affair and I had a son by him, Satyavati revealed and told Bhishma what happened. My son's name is Dwaipayana. He is extremely smart and is a learned man. He is responsible for dividing the Vedas into four categories, so he is also extremely accomplished. Dwaipayana has made me a promise to help me whenever I need it. Satyavati explained that although an ascetic, Dwaipayana had a good understanding of the concepts of Dharma, Artha and Kama, which means righteousness, prosperity and pleasure respectively which made him a perfect candidate. I am sure he will do this task for me if I ask him to, Satyavati said. What are your thoughts on it? She asked Bhishma. Bhishma agreed and Satyavati sent for Krishna Dwaipayana immediately. She explained to him their situation and told him that the Kuru dynasty needed him to father sons with the wives of Vichitravirya. Dwaipayana agreed to his mother's wishes. He had his own requirements. He told Satyavati that both women needed to perform a purification ritual and most importantly, they should be able to tolerate his ugliness. Yes, dear listener, you heard it right. You see, Dwaipayana was very unkept and dirty with long matted copper-coloured hair, unkept beard and bad body odour. And Dwaipayana insisted that the women need to tolerate it. Satyavati agreed. When the time was right, she went to Ambika and explained to her the situation and what they needed her to do. Ambika agreed and that night she anxiously waited in her bed. Unfortunately for Ambika, Satyavati had not revealed who would be responsible for the task. Without knowing what to expect, Ambika was under the assumption that it was someone she knew and was shocked to see the fierce-looking Dwaipayana instead. She panicked and closed her eyes throughout the whole process. For this reason, Dwaipayana said that the son born to Ambika would be strong and healthy, but he would be blind. True to his word, Ambika gave birth to a baby boy who was born blind and he was named Dhritarashtra. Satyavati told Dwaipayana that since a blind prince cannot inherit, he needed to produce another son. 
Soon it was Ambalika's turn. When Ambalika saw Dwaipana, she was scared and turned pale. She remained that way throughout the process. Dwaipana said the son born to her would be pale and would be named Pandu, which means pale. Again, Satyavati wasn't satisfied. She demanded that he produce another son. It was Ambika's turn again. Poor Ambika, she lost her nerve just thinking about her experience the first time around. So, she cheated. When the night came, she dressed a maid in nice clothes and jewels and sent her to Dwaipayana instead. The maid served Dwaipayana well. He was happy with her and blessed her with a son who was healthy and also wise. This son was named Vidura, who is said to be the deity Dharma himself. With Vidura's birth, Dwaipayana considered his task fulfilled and with his mother's blessings, he left the palace. That is the story of how with the births of Dhritarashtra, Pandu and Vidura, the Kuru lineage was saved. It is interesting to note that neither Dhritarashtra nor Vidura could inherit. Dhritarashtra because he was blind and he could not legally inherit. Vidura because he was born to a Shudra woman and that too was not legally acceptable, even though he was accepted by the family. Pandu was the only prince who could legally inherit. The complication regarding the inheritance is the central issue of the story of Mahabharata. I would also like to add a note about the ancient practice of Niyoga. In the journal article, The Practice of Niyoga in Ancient Literature of India, a sociological study, V.B. Mishra says that the practice of Niyoga goes back at least to the days of Rigveda and comes from the social need to have male progeny. The practice is said to be adopted by the Aryans from the natives or aboriginals. Mishra says, and I quote, with all emphasis on the sanctity of married life, condemning adultery, fornication, etc., the ancients, as a measured step, made room for the practice of Niyoga, where a woman could beget son through the younger brother of her husband during the lifetime of the latter, if he was incapable of procreation, or after his death, if he died without any male child. During the lifetime, it was effected with the permission of the husband and after his death with the permission of the elders. End quote. Although Mishra notes that the choice of a man didn't seem confined to just the younger brother. To give some clarity about the exchange between Satyavati and Bhishma, when Bhishma, who is the brother of Vichitravirya, refuses to the Niyoga union, tells Satyavati that they could use a Brahmana for the purpose instead and he tells stories to support his arguments. As we can see in the story, it was news to her, but she accepts his wisdom. There were strict rules about the process. It wasn't for pleasure and was for duty only. There were restrictions in place about how and how many times it was performed 
how many kids could be produced from the practice and instructions about the nature of the pair's relationship during and after the process. It had to be completely clinical. If the parties involved did not adhere to the strict guidelines in place, they risked being cast out from society. The purpose of this podcast is not to air my personal opinions, but I have to tell you, every time I read about the practice of Niyoga, I am horrified. My heart breaks for the women who had to endure the practice. From the stories in Mahabharata, it looks like the people were aware and actually acknowledged that it was traumatic for the women and the women themselves had very little choice about the matter. Mishra tells that even though the society did not exactly approve of it and found it repulsive, they permitted it for the sake of spiritual and social needs. And that is all from me today. I will be back next week with the story about Krishna Dwaipayana's birth and Satyavati. You can find the resources used for the episode on the blog storiesofindiaretold.com. We are on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. The Stories of India Retold podcast is available on most podcast apps and you can find the apps listed in the podcast website. Find all the links listed in the episode description. Comments, likes, subscriptions are always appreciated. Please help spread the word about this podcast. I appreciate you listening and hope to see you here again next time. Danyavada. Thank you.